everybody. This is the Wild Ass Podcast, and I am your host, Wild Ass Craig. This is episode 31, and in this episode, I get to introduce all of you to Mike Maloney. He's a guy you may not have heard of before, but he's kind of a big deal when it comes to the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. If you've been to South Dakota for the rally, you know of the Black Hills Harley-Davidson dealerships. Not only have you been by one of their satellite locations, you've probably been to the big show on the lot of the mothership, Black Hills Harley-Davidson in Rapid City. Just off of Interstate 90 is where you'll find the store and the world-famous 20-plus acres of asphalt that makes up the rally at Exit 55. This is where I met Mike. He's the guy tasked with all of the things behind the scenes when it comes to the rally, and although that is in itself a story, I want to introduce you to the man behind the curtain and share his story. So let's get this thing going and let me introduce all of you to Mike. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to finally get on here. Yeah, we've been trying to make this happen for a while, but there's been a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes for both of us that has kept us at bay, I guess. The world hasn't stopped turning, that's for sure. No, that's for sure. So I know that we don't have a ton of time because we both have lots going on still. We're, we're getting into spring. The season's kicking off. So we're just going to chat and get right into your story. How's that sound? That sounds good. Have you, have you listened to the show before? I have listened to a few of them. Oh, good. So you kind of have an idea of what happens. Yeah. That's good. First off, tell us about yourself, your wife, the little guy. Tell us about your family. Well, like I said, yeah, name's Mike. Um, happy, happily married for about two and a half years now to my wife, Sarah. We have a one-year-old son named Thomas, who is uh, one of the joy, and where every week it gets um, closer and closer to my adventure buddy. And been at Black Hills Harley-Davidson for quite a while. I stay in my, my mid-30s. It's kind of all I know. I started working in 2002 up here at Black Hills Harley-Davidson, actually the first year that they moved here to Exit 55. And I've been here every year since. So last year was my 21st consecutive rally working for the dealership here. Done quite a few jobs around here and lucky to, to still be beating the blacktop every, every August and made a lot of great friends. And like I said, in doing this for 21 years and it's all I know. So my family at home is also the family in the parking lot. That's just, that's crazy. When you said 21 years, I'm like, wait a minute, how old are you? Because <laughs> none of us are old enough to be doing this for 21 years. <laughs> well, I started when I was 14. The good old South Dakota labor laws. You can, you can work up to 40 hours a week, not in the school season when you're 14, 15. So when I was 14, they had, they had moved up here. My dad was selling motorcycles. And, and they needed flaggers for the parking lot. So that's what I did in 2002. And then 2003, I worked most of the summer in the warehouse, just folding T-shirts in the basement. And then come rally time, I worked the T-shirt wall. That was back when it was it was the, the menu like they do at the fast food joint. You'd walk up to the counter and say, I want a number six and an extra large. And a little dumb kid like myself would grab that extra large and show it to you. And that was the rally shirt you bought. And then... When I was 16 uh, and could work overtime full-time, I, I moved to a cashier position in the Harley accessory tent and cashiered out there for a couple of years, sold Harley accessories in the tent for a, a few more rallies after that, ended up running the service installation for the accessories in the parking lot for a couple of years. And then when I graduated high school, I came to Terry Reimer and said, hey, I want to work for you. I want to do marketing for you. 
and he just kind of laughed and he didn't have a position. I was like, all right, I'm going to go to college, get a marketing degree, and then I'll come back and work for you. And he just laughed and went and spent four years at the University of South Dakota, got my business degree and called Terry when I was graduating. And he said, oh, I still don't have a job. So uh, I had a buddy that was moved to central Illinois, moved to central Illinois, moved out there in the Peoria, Bloomington area, lived, lived there for about 18 months and still came back and worked the rally. And the, the flatland wasn't quite, quite for me and my buddy that lived out there because we kept figuring out that every time we were drinking late at night, we'd say, hey, when we move home, we're going to ride dirt bikes every Tuesday. And, and every Sunday, we're going we're gonna to go ride and we're going to do every route forward and backwards three times. And we found out that in our storytelling, we were saying when we move back home. So in 2012, we made the decision we were going to move back home, didn't tell anybody yet because we still had had good jobs and wanted to get through. We had bought Supercross tickets to both St. Louis and Indianapolis. So we said, well, we got to get through those two Supercross races. And before we moved home, actually, Terry called me and asked me if I'd ever thought about moving back home. And I said, oh, if you make it worth my while, I might consider it, even though I'd already made the decision I was going to. And <laughs> he said he wanted somebody to, to do his Facebook and, and help him with some, like the social media and the website and all that stuff. So I then broke the news to him at that point, just my parents and one of my siblings knew and, and told him, I was like, well, I'm, I'm actually coming back at the end of March. And he's like, well, I'm hiring somebody in April. So don't talk to anybody else and come see me when you get home. So the stars kind of aligned to bring me back on here at Black Hills Harley Davidson full time in 2012 and needed some help with the, the vendors in the parking lot, the, the aftermarket guys and start I went into that with, with a good partner, Drag Specialties, as a distributor, and been running that program since and just kind of been around and helped everybody get their job done. That's for sure. No, and, that's, that's such a cool story. Do you share that as you're talking? Uh, there's so many things that jumped out at me. One, how you just spoke into existence even before you thought of moving home. You know, you spoke it into existence and made it happen, right? That's kind of a big thing that most people don't realize. The other thing is the story of how you started as a flag boy. Do you share that story with the kids that are on the lot now? I do. And it's, it's kind of funny after 21 years, I don't, I don't feel like I'm quite a, a mentor guy yet. I'm still just a young, dumb kid making bad decisions and crashing dirt bikes. But I have a lot of my employees that have worked for me, my cashiers, my, and like you've met a few of them that, Worked worked for me for high school and through college, and and now they're off doing their careers, and and still call me for advice. And I have a couple couple young people that have have kind of came through the ranks and and done a similar thing, and now they're full time at the dealership. And it's really cool to be around a, a a company that that allows that and encourages it because Black Hills Harley Davidson and all the the managers and decision makers here have have always known that some of the best employees are are the ones that have just accidentally found their way back here every year that's for sure and yeah i, I noticed you know in the last few years you're uh so like your cashier sydney yeah, right she's yeah. <laughs> that's she, who i was going to talk I, about <laughs> i think she she started working for me when she was 16 and now she's early 20s with a kid and, and a life, but she still comes back and, and works for us every year. And I mean, even to the point where she was a cashier and she wanted to come back and, and she was breastfeeding her, 
daughter and her, her, I think her, her mom or somebody that was babysitting would, would bring the, the kid up here and she'd take her break and go in one of the semis and give the kid a couple meals throughout the day. And it's just crazy that, like I said, it's, it's a family that we have up here and it takes a village. It's very cool. And that's, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Some of the, the kids that we see running around every year now, they've been there year after year after year. That's why it, it's cool. And I'm glad to hear that you're sharing the story because to a lot of people, it's just a weekend gig to make some cash. But nobody on that crew out there has that attitude. It seems like every one of them are there because they love it and they want to be regardless of the money, which is cool. You've developed a good culture for sure. Yeah, and and like I said, when I uh, when I started doing the drag specialties program, it was it was a little bit smaller, and I was kind of overseeing it and helping move things, and I was still kind of cashiering. And I think I had one or two cashiers that first year in, in 2012, and then we expanded, and and all of our good friends' businesses have have grown, and the Rally at Exit 55 has grown, and we see more traffic and create a good environment, and people keep coming back. And uh, last year I had. I had about 40 people working for me. That's amazing. For those listening, if you haven't been to the Sturgis Rally, coming to check out this lot makes it worth the trip. I mean, you guys, anything can happen on that parking lot. I know uh, my dad's been oh, everything has. Yeah, my dad, couldn't, he, he'd come out and he hadn't been there in a few years, I think last year or maybe the year before. And he was like, I can't believe if you want anything done, you can get it done here. Anything from pinstriping yeah. to... I think probably a motor replacement. Yep. And <laughs> and we work we dub it as the premier shopping destination for motorcycle enthusiasts during the Sturgis Rally. And we carry that year round. And a lot of people that come here in August and see us and we're really appreciative that they continue to do business through us even through the winter and come up and have a great experience, whether they're they're buying buying a wild ass seat pad or, or an exhaust or something for their motorcycle in, in August and then they come around and it's it's December and they want to do an upgrade or get a new bike and, and they give us a ring and, and we try and make it as easy as possible as we can for them. That's awesome. The other thing that I was going to say, so you and I only started working together three years ago or was it four? I can't remember. What? We were always, Whoa. so we were always up the hill in a different tent. And then I've been a guy forever that like, this is our spot. This is where we need to stay because we're all creatures of habit. So if you come there and you get a wild ass, the next year you bring your friends and they want a wild ass. Well, they're going to come looking for me in the same spot, right? So yep. that tent went away and I was moved to you and I'm like, oh, shit. You know, now now we're going to be moved down the hill and, you know, now I got somebody new to deal with. And, you know, I was not thrilled. And I think, it, you Oh, know, you I'm were like, spun up so bad. It was, <laughs> uh, looking back, I, I, I laugh at it and. And so do I. Um, <laughs> coming, obviously you have concern, right? This is, this is your business. This is your livelihood. And you didn't know me from any other dumb kid that, that was a flagger on the parking lot. And I just said, Hey, trust me, it's going to be good. We're, we're moving this and my business is good when your business is good. And I've got, you said at that point, you didn't know that I had a little bit of experience on things and how they move around here. Right. And, yeah. It was a total new area for everybody. And that's one thing I was going to say, because one of your comments was you like help sell stuff. And I remember that first year we got down there and we set up and I think all of us were amazed. Like all of us at Wild Ass and you were like, holy shit, they sell a lot of stuff to the point where uh, I'm like, Mike, we need to get some more stuff. What are we going to do? And you're like, I'll make it happen. And you did. So 
kudos to you. And that's been a great experience. And ever since, it's been phenomenal. I can say that from my side for sure. I think we've shown an increase every year. And I don't take much credit for that at all. You you make a, a great product and, and run a really great business and have really great people working for you. And the only thing I do is make sure that, that we have the inventory and the and the sales flow works from the dealership standpoint and, and traffic for the customers. And you and your your people and staff have been awesome and and I could I could tell from some references before in that first summer we were talking that, that you were gonna be a good fit and become friends. And like I said, you you know my son and my wife and, and they know you and my my little man's crawling around in a in a wild ass onesie. <laughs> no, it's been fantastic. So I was going to talk about Black Hills Harley later, but you know, it just kind of happened to fit. So there it is. The, the podcast is not necessarily to talk about Black Hills Harley and it's not to talk about the rally and it's certainly not to talk about wild ass. It's about getting my listeners to know my friends in the industry. And I'm blessed to have you as a friend in the industry. And that's what I want to talk about was just you yourself growing up. You mentioned that you're a dirt biker. How long has this been going on? Well, it's one of those. I always remember my my dad always had one in the garage as a kid, and it was funny. My grandparents were pretty close to me. My parents owned an RV dealership before I was born, and and for the first twelve years of my life. So, growing up in a in a small dealership, there's just a six to ten employee kind of RV dealership. So they were usually busy working quite a bit. So so my grandpa was kind of my taxi driver. And, and my, well, my, my parents were really involved with through Boy Scouts. My mom was my troop leader. My dad was my baseball coach, but sometimes grandpa was the one driving me around and he always had motorcycles back in the, the early eighties. He had a couple of the, the Yamahas and him and grandma would do touring, but it was always weird. Cause when I wanted it, grandma would always, she was a little afraid of the danger that can come with it. And so the joke was always, Oh, I wanted this. And after they sold the RV dealership, my dad was working at a local metric shop and he brought, brought home the, the Honda Cub, the EZ90. And anybody that's been around the dealership here for long enough has, has seen me cruise around on it. I still have it. That's and the I original just, just, one? That's That was my first motorcycle. Oh, that is awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, dad brought that home and I just, we had a pretty decent sized yard um, in the neighborhood. We had about, about an acre. And so I just did what, what a... 11 year old kid does and just burn in into the dirt the line around and and the laps and build little jumps as much as that easy 90 could take but grandma never really supported it but then eventually you grow up and find friends that are into motorcycles and you get the the kx80 and then you're kind of too big for the yard and you go down to the the dirt piles by the, the sewage lagoons after school and in middle school at this time and then just find what can be found on two wheels. Right. I was like, like, you know, and, and it's addicting. And I would say there's, there's people that find it later in life or early in life. There's, there's two stages. You have life before motorcycles and you have life after motorcycles. And after the first couple months with that, the Honda Cub, I was stuck and I'm a motorcycle guy for life and grew up and raced motocross through high school, did the local South Dakota motocross association circuit so it was the, every Sunday we we're going to the track and trying to get faster and crashes and injuries and did the tore my ACL when I was 17 and kind of put me down and broke my ankle a few times as, as happens with motocross. And that was my high school when 
right? Like senior skip day, everybody, they, they skip and they go to the, they go to the park and they barbecue. And me and me and my best friend that I lived in Illinois with, were just like, well, if everybody's skipping and the, there's nothing in class, we loaded the dirt bikes and went out to the Badlands because every, every waking second we had revolved around riding dirt bikes. Sure. What, and uh, then you get to college and got into the, the stunt, stunt bike scene and did the crotch rockets and the going fast and fast wheelies and slow wheelies and stoppies. And that was kind of what I did in college because back east in the flatlands of South Dakota, there's some motocross, but not as much. And it's way easier just to, I would go down to the storage units out on the edge of town with my stunt bike and spend hours just trying to do circle wheelies and no handed five mile an hour wheelies on the, on the CBR. And that's just always been my passion. And still, you go to go to shows and you go to events and they have car shows and everything. Like, oh, this whatever is cool. And we built cars. And it's like, I, I still would just rather walk around the parking lot at a rally and look at everybody's motorcycles and what they're doing to them. Have you ever done that? So every time, and this question just popped in my head. Every time you're at a rally, you're working, right? So that's, yep. and, and I'm in the same boat. So every time we go to an event, it's because we're working or, you know, you're working. I see you in Daytona. But you're not there just as an enthusiast. You're there working. You're talking to vendors. You're recruiting vendors. You're just shaking hands and kissing babies, right? Have you ever right. gone to a rally just as an enthusiast? Well, I, it's, like I said, it's been my life. So I say I, I get to go to work as an enthusiast every day. Right. But that's so, what I'm wondering. because And the reason I ask is because I got an email the other day from this BMW organization and they have a rally and it's not terribly far from me. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to my personal email. I'm going to sign up and I'm just going to go see what that experience is like. And I sent an email to, this is, I guess it's still working, isn't it? But I'm researching to see how they handle their guests and their people and their response times and everything else. But I'm really looking forward to going and like not being the wild ass guy, just going to enjoy motorcycling. (laughs) Which I enjoy anyways, but I was wondering if you'd ever done that since I, I don't think I have. I, I think because I'm 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 so integrated and, and like I said, it's my family in the industry. And so whether I go to a supercross event and we have distributors that, that do metric stuff, I'm always always seeing people and I I can honestly say I, I haven't on on both both spectrums, right? Like I haven't gone to a rally or a motorcycle event and not talked a little bit of work. Well, I'm going to try it. I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm on the other end, right? So like I'm, I have my, my wife and, and she's a nurse and she works hard and, and does a lot of great things for a lot of good people. And we start talking about vacations and we have some good friends and she makes plans like, Hey, we're going to go on vacation. And I realized, well, what do you do on vacation? Because yeah. every vacation I've ever taken that I call a vacation was to go to a race or like go to motocross a nation, right? We've, they've did that twice at Red Bud and I've been at both of them. Yep. And that's my vacation to go to, go to Supercross, whether it's my parents have a place in Arizona. So we've gone to the Arizona Supercross or take something off and, and go to like recently like the bagger races or every time I've taken a vacation, it revolved around a motorcycle event. And so when she was just talking about going to North Carolina for a week, I was like, well, what do you do all day? Do you just sleep in and (laughs) go eat lunch and do a brewery tour? And I was like, we're, we're big into the outdoors, obviously living in the black Hills. You, you can't live here if you don't like 
elevation change. So we, we do the hiking and mountain biking and, and I'm all for just climbing to the top of a hill to watch a sunrise or a sunset. But my wife is trying to teach me what a real vacation is because I don't know. Everything's always been a motorcycle event. And every time I go, I have, have my motorcycle family there and we always end up talking shop, even if it's just for a little bit. Understood. I can relate to that. I just, like I said, it's, it's, it's my life. And in the 21 years that I've, I've worked for Black Hills Harley Davidson, I've left this parking lot. I was trying to figure out if it's four or five times, but it's, it's four or five times in 21 years. And three of those times were to go to urgent care or the emergency room for, for some weird illness or something that popped up. And then when I got done with there, I came back and finished my days of work. So I, I sadly don't know much or firsthand what the rest of the Sturgis rally looks like. And I'm, I'm working to fix that this year. Good. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> what Even the, when the bosses tell me, Hey, you need, you should, you should go look and see what other things and what other people are doing. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, or I can, I can stay here and make sure that the vendors are happy and, and everybody's making the customers happy. And that means put money in the register. You know, that's a tough habit to break is, uh, feeling the need to be there all of the time. You know, I struggle with it. But what um, what got you onto the road? So you had the stunting bikes. I guess I didn't, I don't remember that either. But what got you riding on the road? Was it just moving east? I think it's just a natural escalation from, from myself, right? Like always about as a young kid going fast and racing and motocross and then wanting to go go fast more often. So of course I wanted, I had street bikes all throughout that I would, I'd be riding to work and then you want them to go a little faster and then you want to do a wheelie and, and eventually get to the point where as you get older that I, I heard a little bit more and want to appreciate the scenery a little bit more. So slowing down and, and that's where I, not that, not that my road, current road king is slow by any means. It's still got a built motor and can still go fast if I want to, but I think it's just as you move up the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Yeah. Um, your your needs and desires change, and finding that that I can find myself and be a better employee, be a better boss, be a better husband, be a better father when when my mind is right. And two wheels does that for me and and you and and a lot of probably our listeners. I would probably agree with all of that. Just that natural progression of things as we age. You're a mountain biker too, right? I do. Is that a new thing or is that part of living in the Black Hills? It was, that was another kind of college thing is you go to college and, and you start trying different things. And where I went to school in Vermilion is, is right on the Missouri River. So there's still some outdoor stuff you can do. And I had had locals that I knew I was on the volunteer fire department there. So like they had boats. So you'd go out to the sandbar when it got nice and I'd do the party. But my brother-in-law was really into to bicycling and, and mountain biking and out there it's road biking. So my first, like I had BMX bikes as kids, but then in college I, I picked up a road bike and that was part of my workout routine because I still wanted to be on two wheels. There wasn't much mountain biking around, but um, there's a really cool ride out of Vermilion that goes down to, to the, the Nebraska bridge and into Nebraska. And there's some, a couple of rolling hills that are, are good for working out on the road bike. So did that for quite a few years in college and 
there was a little mountain bike park just down across the border in, in Nebraska. So I got a, a mountain bike in, in college and we did a little bit of that as I was just like transportation around campus was, was a mountain bike. And of course I have to have a, a nicer one and just don't want a, a cheap old Walmart one. And it was good enough to go out with my brother-in-law and, and spend time with him and, and my sister. And so that just evolved from road biking for a workout to enjoying it to when I moved back to the Black Hills. Of course, there's tons and tons of miles of um, mountain biking and, and road biking isn't as big out here because the roads are a little tighter and the shoulders are pretty narrow. So I still have a road bike. I just, I, haven't, I don't ride it that often because the mountain bike when I want to pedal is, is the go-to. Sure. I really, really like mountain biking because it's so much like dirt biking. But where I live, there's uh, it's like 45 minutes away to this really cool mountain bike park, which is just far enough away to keep me out of it. Because I don't want to haul it there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have enough time to spend six hours riding mountain bike. So to spend an hour and a half going both ways, I just, I did get myself a decent road bike. And, you know, the roads here are pretty decent for road biking. We get a little elevation, nothing like out there, but the roads are wider. So I understand that tight, tighter road side of things. That's, that makes perfect sense. So I didn't know if mountain biking was something that you had started after you moved back or, but no, if you did it in college. Makes sense. And bikes, man, they've come a long ways since then. They have. And as as we're out here and it's always kind of been a, a workout and I get older, I did pick up I'm on a on an e bike now, so the pedal assist bike is good for me because it can I can still get just as good a workout, see a little bit more terrain. And I think that's part of the elevation like the escalation from, from motocross and racing and going fast. I can still get a challenge on two wheels and if and when I ever fall down, I'm not going as fast usually on the mountain bike than I am on the dirt bike, so it hurts a little less. And, and I'm, I'm <laughs> does more it though? Productive when I got when it, when you got to go to work the next day, the, the mindset changes. So even even the dirt bike, I haven't I haven't actually raced a motocross race for four or five years, and and my my bike now is the the 450 FX, so it's it's kind of the enduro racer, so it's a little bit more set up for woods still 450 so i can go out to the badlands and hit a big jump if i want to but find myself and even the little time i can make for it and more in the in the woods in the single track and with the friends and that's the day off is the, the camaraderie with, with just a couple people and go and and get lost to find yourself in the in the middle of the black hills whether it's a mountain bike or a dirt bike yeah that sounds awesome been a long time since i've ridden a dirt bike out there you don't have an adventure bike or any of those, do you? I don't. It's and it's on the radar. I've I'm lucky, right, to work at the dealership that that I have my Road King and that's my daily and and building my wife a Sportster and and the winter projects that we have. But with the new Pan America and and the the opportunities that's that's came up and like Harley Corporate does like their Pan America ride uh, during the rally, and so the the guy that puts that on has has reached out to the dealership and he pre-rides that route and he doesn't want to do it by himself. So I've gotten to borrow Pan America and, and do some adventure riding just by accident. And when it was launched, take it up and do some photo shoots for, for media stuff. So I've got to spend a decent amount of time on, on the Pan America. And it's a, again, benefit of working at the dealership is that usually the newest model that's cool. We need some media to promote that we have it for sale. So I get to be the guy that, that jumps on it and, and like your, your, your mountain biking problem, right? It's an hour and a half drive to, to a good ride. Right. I can, I sneeze from the dealership and I'm in some of, I would argue that the nation or the world's best riding. Sure. So 
in five to 10 minutes, I'm on Nemo road in 15 minutes. I'm on iron mountain road or any of the, any of the, the great roads that people travel thousands of miles to ride. I'm just a, a stone's throw away from them. So it's pretty easy to, whether it was like the live wire, when we had those, I've, I've got, I've been really lucky to, to be able to borrow my employer's inventory to enjoy all the different types of models. Yeah, that's definitely a benefit that most dealerships don't allow anymore. We're coming out. So the reason I ask about adventure is we're coming out like the, I think it's the third week. It's the weekend before we come out to the pre-rally. We're coming out for Adventure Fest. And if you had a bike or had access to one, I plan on riding all weekend. So keep that in mind because that would be a blast. It would be. And and we just did... The other side of things, people listening will just be like, oh, he's got the best job ever. All he's got to do is, is ride motorcycles and be around motorcycles all the time. But in in the retail side of things, our busiest time is when I need to be at the dealership and preparing for the rally. So I actually don't get to ride as many miles as, as a lot of people think because I'm, I'm usually working. And, and the, the Adventure Fest is, is a cool and upcoming event that I want to see, but we're also setting up for rally at that time. So Sure. That being said, how many miles a year do you get on on a motorcycle? <laughs> this is Not this is and like you said, this is what amazes people is you know they think it's it. We hear it all the time, right? Getting to ride all the time, this and that. I will post pictures from my rides for months following, so we don't get to ride that much. So I'm curious to hear your number. Well, so I've I've finished my Road King build. That's my current ride three or four years ago, and. I've got about five or 6,000 miles on that. Wore out. <laughs> so it's, uh, but again, uh, I don't have to ride a couple hundred miles to get to the canyon, right? I can, I, I rode to work yesterday and I took like what I would say a, a longer way home. And it only, it only added 10, 15 miles to it, but I got to do Skyline Drive, which is the, the big hill in the middle of Rapid City with the dinosaurs on top. And it's really tight and twisty and it has a great view and, and I can get my, get a little bit of a fix with just an extra 15, 20 minutes. Right. And, and I can jump on the road King and, and run to the grocery store for the, the buns for dinner or whatever. Right. And I can take 20 minutes and go the loop up highway 44 and then come back down Nemo road. And it's, it's 50 miles total, but I, I don't, it, it took me two miles to get there. So I right. don't, uh, and same my dirt bike. I bought, I bought my, my new dirt bike two or three years ago and I've really only ridden it six or seven times. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? So, because again, it's, it's the, the peak season. I do the majority of my riding, honestly, in, in April, May and in September, because come June and July and August, we're in rally mode and planning. And if, and when I get a free afternoon or a Sunday, it's it's family time, yeah. so we we do the lake or the hike or like last weekend we had the birthday party and it's wedding season so there's going to be some weddings and my my group of friends are all having having kids and babies so we'll meet up at the park and push on the swings and that's that's filling my time more and more where I used to like I said back in high school every every waking second we were riding dirt bikes and. And now it's, it's sadly moved down the priority list. Yep. That happens. That happens for sure. Let's see. I think, I mean, we've covered most everything. You're talking about Thomas, the little guy. 
Strider bikes is from right there in Rapid City. Is he riding one? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> as, as enthusiastic about two wheels I am. We had, I think it was well, we had Strider does their their Jingle Bell ride uh, around Christmas time, where everybody you just ride the ride bicycles on the bike path, and it's a fundraiser event for for the Strider Foundation, and and I'm a big supporter of of that and and what Strider does. And we're just lucky that they're a Rapid City company. And I know most of the people over there. So they had a, a silent auction deal and, and they had one of their, their really cool sport 12s. And, and I, and I won that, but then it turns out that it's got the bigger risers and the bigger handlebars. And so I had given one of my friends a strider for a baby gift a couple of years ago. So I did the old swaparoo with him. So I've had, I've had a strider for Thomas since before he was capable of holding his head up and, I already have his his next bike. It was the old dumpster dive bike that somebody threw away that that I'm rebuilding, and have uh, one of the salesmen here who has kids has as a PW50 that I've got dibs on next as soon as his his kids outgrow it. So I'm I'm three or four, I guess, bikes ahead <laughs> than than what he needs. But he's he's big enough now where he climbs on and off, and it's on the the rocker base. Yep. So about every day we, we throw him on there and, and he loves to grab the handlebars. And as soon as he's tall enough, we can take it off the rocker base and, and he's going to be all over it. So come, come August, I was just talking to the wife a day or two ago that come August when, when he comes up and, and sees everybody, he's probably going to be on the strider. Well, that's cool. The other thing I didn't write it down, but I just remembered ride anything, race everything. So that's your sticker. <laughs> Talk about as, that. As, as as a marketing guy, words are are important to my life, right? And always really liked random quotes. Going back to even my high school and college planners, the the margins of, of them are filled with with quotes. And and in my office here at the dealership, I've got a big whiteboard that that I like the the deep inspirational quotes that whether I said them or I hear somebody else say them. And that was one that came up that. I raced the Saddleman Sportster at the the first Bagger Racing League launch, and had a had a new set of leathers that I raced. But that Sportster, the, the setup, I couldn't actually drag a knee, and and that's what you do in leathers, right? So I got done with the race weekend, and then had a great time and finished, and didn't get on the podium, and and that's just how racing goes. But I had a brand new set of leathers that was still shiny after a race, and I said, this isn't right. So we had the little Burl Maxes, the little electric mini bikes that were running around the pits in. So I, I threw my leathers on and went out because I had to I'd scuff up my knee pads. So we're just in the parking lot messing around and crashing and, and had my photographer there. So she took a couple of good photos. And so she made that thing up and I was just like, we're like, were you racing? Why are you in, in race leathers on a, on a mini bike? I was like, yeah, like I ride everything and, and race everything. And, and so the, it kind of came up that, that that's the way of my life is, I will ride anything, and when I get on something, it always seems to turn into a competition. So also need to race everything. I think that's a motocrosser's mentality because same thing since I was a little kid. I mean, if, if it has two wheels, I want to ride it, and as soon as I ride it, now I think I need to race it. Same and, thing. Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah you surround yourself with, with motorcycle people. I think we're all kind of a little bit competitive, and so – when you when you get on anything, it kind of turns into a competition. So I'm I'm racing everything every day, right? I I race against myself with with sales numbers during the rally, and really happy that I have have people like like yourself and brands like Wild Ass that that we compete against 
our ourselves the previous year and, and can show increases in growth. And so everything's in my mind is is kind of a competition to to be better, whether it's it's in life or I want to be a better father today than I was yesterday. Uh, I want to be a better employee um, today than I was yesterday. And that's another a quote that I do is be better today than you were yesterday. And I just want all my employees to, to continue to do that. And the people around me to, to know that we can always constantly be improving. That's awesome. And it takes, it takes the competition level to have a baseline and, and know that you can be better and, and measure and track it. Cool. So you said, uh, let's see, is there anything, it looks like, I mean, we've covered everything I wanted to just been a good fun conversation. Is there anything you wanted to talk about that we haven't before we lead to the favorite part of the show, which is the five questions? I don't, I don't think so. Like, I think we're kind of covered it. And I think people listening that, that don't know who I am and your intro was, was nice and, and flattering, but I'm, some people say I'm, I'm the guy. And I would say with, with the team we have here, I'm just a guy that that's lucky that, that people have the decision makers here at the dealership have kept me around. And like I said, I, I'm lucky to be around brands like yourself and that we continue to grow and be better and do the old, newlywed game right with with the wife and ask questions and there was one question that came up that said if you could do anything in the world what would it do or what would you what would you be doing and it was pretty easy my wife answered it exactly what i do and i would have the same job i would live where i live i would have the same people around me i think i i'm lucky to to live what i think is a perfect life Perfect. Yeah. Not many people get to say that. So congratulations. And the reason I say you are the guy is because you said exactly what the guy would say is it's no, it's not me. It's the whole team. So (laughs) yeah, I mean, you're, you're around, we've got 80, 90 employees up here and, and I'm just one of those. And, and during the rally, when we get up to 500 people and, and my staff goes and I've got, I've got 40 people on, on the payroll here that answer to me, we're working together. They don't work for me. They work with me. And that's that's what I, I'm proud that, like you said, that the kids that have came through the program and, and have become adults, I think they've they've learned that for me. And as I, as I get older and move up the, the hierarchy of needs, the mentor stage is, has been a fun one to see see people grow and, and find how awesome life can be if you have the right mindset. And not just chasing a, a bigger paycheck or, or more fame, because that doesn't matter. Your, your circles, what matters, your family. Absolutely. So let's get to the five questions. I know that we're both rushed for time. So like normal, I have 20 questions. I put 20 numbers in the randomizer wheel, spin the wheel. Five times, these are the questions you get. You ready? Yeah. Okay, question number one. What is your favorite non-motorcycling hobby? Probably boating. If, if if I have a full a free afternoon, like I said, going going out on the lake on a boat and and just floating or fishing or doing water sports, it's it's really great because I can have a a good circle and and the wife or the kid and my parents or my sister or the friends. And if I really just want to unplug, I'm on a boat on a lake. That's awesome. I would have never guessed that. So cool. Okay. Question number two. Now, this one, it's a lengthy question, but I like to explain it. The question is, it's actually two parts. What is the best or most worthwhile investment you have made? Now, this can be an investment of money, time, energy, any other resources. But what is the best or most worthwhile investment you have made? And how did you decide to make the investment? 
I would say it was an accident and starting to work for Black Hills Harley Davidson. And the time that, that, like I said, we sit and say the 21 years and, and the never leave in the parking lot, that was never the plan. I never consciously made that decision. I just showed up to work and enjoyed what I did. And, and 10 or 11 years of just being a seasonal rally guy has, has led me into my, my career here at Black Hills Harley Davidson. And, and like I said, accidentally getting a job here has, has led to, to a, the great life that I live. Cool. Question number three, what is at the top of your bucket list? Oh, Isle of Man TT. Oh, yeah. Being a, being a, a spectator, there's times where I thought I wanted to race it. And, and in my, my older age and maybe slight more wisdom, I think uh, being a spectator of the Isle of Man TT is, is probably up there. That's cool. That's on my list as well, for sure. Question number four, you got a lot going on in life. So question number four, what are your morning rituals or what does the first 60 minutes of your day look like? In the last year with a one-year-old, it's usually uh, getting Thomas up and out of bed. I enjoy a cup of coffee while, while he's waking up and crawling around or getting ready for breakfast and Stupid enough, stupid enough. The kind of a trend recently. I, pl- I play a Wordle, the the New York Times Wordle every morning, and my my mom and I text do it each morning, and we text each other the our results. And so, morning routine now is is hanging out with my son, drinking a cup of coffee, and and playing the New York Times Wordle. That's cool. And it's cool that you've included your mom, so she's doing that with you. That's awesome. Question number five. This is funny because this this question was in there, but you mentioned earlier how you like quotes. So question number five, do you have a quote you live your life by or that you think of often? I have a lot and I can't, picking a favorite might be tough, but one that sticks with me and, and I don't remember anyone else saying it, but I don't think I came up with it naturally, but the quote is the test of time is the only time proven test. And when you really think about that, right, the, the test of time is the only time proven test that, that the putting the time in, putting the work in and, and investing your, your time is the most valuable thing someone can do. And like I said, my, my time here at the dealership, I would say started accidentally and, and has led to, to a, to a great career and and a great job and and a great circle. Cool. That's my five questions. I think you breeze through those. Won't even have to edit out the breaks. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any last parting or final parting words? Uh, Like I said, all all the, I think your listeners are, are going to be like-minded people and as motorcyclists should know and can never, never hear enough, but check your tire pressure before (laughs) More often than you should, and that's I'm saying that for myself because I, I rode to work yesterday and realized I haven't checked my tire pressure for a couple months. And ride defensive, everyone ride like no one can see you because they probably can't. Because I want everybody that, that rides motorcycles to continue to do so. And sadly, we see a few too many accidents. And if you're ever at the Sturgis Rally, come up here to Black Hills Harley Davidson, the Rally at Exit 55. You'll find me somewhere walking around on the blacktop. 
Yeah, and if they don't, they can stop by our tent. We'll bring them over to introduce you. I'm but never going to be that far away from the wild ass tent. That's, <laughs> right. that's, it's a staple and it's a requirement, and, and you're never allowed to not come <laughs> to, to the rally here. Where can we follow you? Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, what do you have? Uh, I've Instagram and Facebook. Instagram is, is at Mike Maloney 29. I don't post that much and looking at the feed, it's, it's more baby pictures right now than motorcycle pictures, but uh, I still do the content for Black Hills Harley Davidson. So go follow Black Hills Harley Davidson on, on Facebook and Instagram. I was usually going to be behind the camera instead of in front of it, but the team's doing a great job there. Keep up what's going on here at the dealership. And because like I said, that's kind of my life. So yeah, very cool. And I'll, I will post those links in the show notes so everybody can just click along with those. I think that's all we got. So folks, if you like what you're hearing, hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. You can follow the adventures on Facebook or Instagram by looking for The Real Wild Ass. And of course, I am Wild Ass Craig. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you again in a couple weeks. And of course, thank you again, Mike, for coming on. Thank you for having me.